Oh, what a reward for this offense. Trading punches with the Browns for a full 60 minutes to be able to come out in victory formation with five seconds on the clock. Herbert takes a knee. Chargers win, and they improved a four and one and sit atop the AFC West. And there he is, voice of the Chargers, Matt Money Smith. The Chargers win a wild one against the Cleveland Browns. As Money said, four and one atop of the AFC West, tied atop the AFC. Buddy, that fourth quarter must have felt like a complete game. It was it was awesome. You know, I mean, it was if you like offensive football, I mean, certainly, you know, listening to Joey talk to the media yesterday, maybe not awesome for him uh, and the defensive players. But look, the, the nice thing for the defense was they got the stop. They got the ultimate stop. You know, Tristan misses an extra point. You got to get the ball back or you're going to lose that game. They can take a knee and run that clock out and they end up getting, um, you know, the stop when the, when the team needed it. So you celebrate the defense for that. The offense was unstoppable. Justin Herbert um, is likely, I would assume, you know, to be, I don't, I don't, I haven't checked the numbers, but I'm guessing he's, he's got to be one of the favorites to win the NFL MVP at this point. Uh, probably right up where with the guy we're going to see this week and Lamar Jackson after what he did on Monday night football. I watched that fourth quarter again last night, and I think what struck me is just how calm Justin is throughout the entire thing. Just chaos all around him. He doesn't flinch. These fourth down conversions are insane. I mean, I mean everything about it, money, for him to be in his second year and to be so locked in like this, I mean, we knew that the Chargers had a franchise quarterback. We keep calling him the best young quarterback in football. You got to take young out of it now, man. Yeah, this is one of the best quarterbacks in football. Uh, I think it was, was it Jimmy Johnson who said it that, you know, if he were starting a franchise, Herbert be his guy today, you yeah. know, and, and you know, that, that he is. And, and look, I, I don't know if I said it here, maybe it was on power rankings. I got a lot of stuff going on right now, but you know, I said it two <laughs> weeks ago. I said, look, I know that I, that I call games for the chargers, but I think he's the best quarterback in football. Um, just the talent he has, the throws he can make his ability to overcome adversity and and whatever the circumstances are that he's facing it's everything you want in a quarterback right you want that heartbeat to be stuck at whatever 70 or 75 the whole time no matter what the stakes are and when you have someone that can make all the throws I mean rolling to his right throwing it downfield on a rope to Keenan on a third down I posted on my Twitter page what I thought yeah was the best throw and and I think it's, it's hard, you know, when you watch it on, on tape or on film or whatever you want to call it on, on digital, a digital production, it doesn't look the same as it does in person. When he made that play, I was just gobsmacked. I mean, my mouth was open. I was like, that's that, that throw is just, it, it, it's not, it's hard to process because he is running full speed to his left is able to stop on a dime, square his shoulders and, send the ball on a trajectory so his player, Jalen Guyton, who is covered by two defenders, can get that ball right between the numbers in stride and pick up a third, a first down on third and five. Like just what he's capable of doing, there are maybe, maybe four quarterbacks in the league that can do it. You know, that's it. And, and this guy is, is in his 20th start in that game. It's insanity. And I, I think what's so funny about the, that post is like other people are like, well, what about this throw? Right. What about this throw? And those all that's work. When you, that's when you, that's when you know you got somebody special yeah. and buddy last week against the Raiders, like 
Mike Williams had 11 yards. It, now 165 yards the, the following week. He, he draws a 33-yard pass interference penalty. So, I mean, over 200 yards receiving if you count the penalty. Each and every week, Justin manages to find a way to win, and it'll be Mike one week. It'll be Austin in a quarter, three touchdowns. It'll be Keenan. You know, and, and Keenan had a quiet game up until that 40-yard catch late in the fourth, yeah. too. That, that's when you know, like, even when it's not really going the way you want – Justin is still going to find his guy. Uh, that's, I think that's what's just so remarkable about this offense is, is Justin's able to keep it going, and it doesn't matter who he's throwing the ball to. And, and one of the things that, that I love about, you know, and they're only five games in, but this coach-quarterback relationship is something that Brandon Staley said. And when asked, you know, isn't your quarterback amazing? This is ridiculous. And and I love that he's comfortable saying, yeah, it is, but there's still stuff he's got to work on. And, you know, I'm just an idiot play-by-play guy, but, you know, we're on the sixth level. So we're above, we can see things that he can't see, you know, down there. But to have Coach Staley say, like, you know, it was great we got that flag on that Mike Williams throw, but, you know, he's got the first down right in front of him, you know, and, and he can use his legs. And that was the most important part of that play was making sure you got the first down. Um, and he ends up taking that shot downfield and it works out with the flag. But I just, I love that, that coach is comfortable enough and Herbert is humble enough and they both look at it and go, yeah, you know what? It worked out for us. And we ended up getting probably 25 more yards than I would have, but in that situation, protect the ball, the first downs right there, go get it. That's something I can take away from this game, even though I'm the FedEx player of the week and, you know, <laughs> responsible for four touchdowns through the air, one on the ground. Uh, there's still stuff that I can do better. And, and I love that they have that relationship. And that's, look, that's how you progress. This is a tough league, man. It is a, t- this is two defenses that were, were flying high, man. The Chargers averaging, you know, opponents averaging la- 10 less than they were on average. You know, when they don't play, they were holding their opponents to 10 points less than their average. The Browns come in having allowed 20 points in 10 quarters, and these two offenses go out and get after it. I mean, that's just football. It can change so much from week to week. It's the type of game it was. And to your point about Staley, it reminded me when when uh, Asante won Rookie of the Month, and he said the illusion of the NFL is Asante got that interception against the Chiefs. He was out of position. For that, so right. If he doesn't, if he doesn't get that interception, he probably doesn't get defensive rookie of the month. But he's doing something right for our football team. So I, I love that that Staley kind of helps the players put these awards and things like that into perspective because it, it it is an illusion. Sometimes you're like, okay, well, we look at interceptions as the only stat for a defensive back. Well, he was out of position for that play. Right. I, I haven't talked to you about this money. The, the fourth down conversion in the third quarter, you're down two scores. It's fourth and two at your own 24. What were you and DJ doing when they rolled out there and it was fourth and two? And if you don't get it, you likely lose the game because right. it's a 17 point or a 21 point deficit, just like that. Um, we both kind of looked at each other and didn't say anything. And we were wide eyed, kind of like, wow, this is like, this is aggressive, you know, our, <laughs> Staley's aggressive, but man, this is aggressive. And, and then I think once you start to process it, cause you have a few, you know, you got 20 seconds to, to figure it out. You start talking through it and you're like, well, defense has not been able to slow them down. You know, the offense has been able to move the ball. So you know what? It does make sense. 
you know, trust your, if you punt the ball back to the Browns, chances are they're going to score. They, they have been scoring on this defense. They have been shredding this defense apart. You're already down 14. You might as well trust the offense and see if you can, you know, get into this track meet and you credit coach Staley for kind of having that long view as opposed to just, Oh, it's fourth and two on our own 24. We've got a punt. Okay. Well, what happens when you punt, you know, you just watch Nick Chubb rip off a 52 yard run for a touchdown so, you know, the, the running game has been gashing you the entire contest. So why not? You know, why? OK, so instead they got 24 yards to go instead of 64 yards to go. It really doesn't matter, you know, at this point, the way that offense had been humming and, and the groove that they were in. So um, I loved it. I, I'll tell you what, though, man. Talk about, you know, freaking balls as big as boulders. Uh, a, a play to, to, to a trap play to, to Austin Eckler, where a guy that you just put in the game is the key offensive lineman. I mean, Schofield just got in that game for Abushi, who had the injured knee, and he's the pulling guard that's got to seal off Miles Garrett. And the, you know, you talked about Asante. If you watch that play back, you know, Miles stutters for just, and like, I think it's so important to look at that play if you're a fan of football. Miles Garrett is arguably the best defensive end. He and Joey are in that conversation in football, a complete defensive end. He can wreck your game, you know, your run game, your pass game. He can do everything. And on that play, that was Miles Garrett's play. And he just stuttered for a beat, just a half second. He got around his guy and he was trying to diagnose and he stopped. And as he stopped for that second, Schofield was able to come across and lay that seal block. And that's, you know, if he doesn't do that, Eckler doesn't get the three yards, you know, let alone the nine. So I think it's it's a fun play to go back and watch because of A, the guts to call that play on a fourth and two when Herbert, you want to be your trigger man to pick it up. Two, to have Schofield, who just came in the game like three plays prior for the, you know, Abushi, who we now know, you know, towards ACL, sadly, and had been playing so well. And three, and by the way, Schofield just signed to the team three weeks ago. And three, crazy. that it was Miles Garrett that he put that seal block on. That play, you mentioned the pass interference too. I mean, that's that's a fourth down as well. If they don't yeah. get, if that's a no, if that's a no call, the, the game's different too. So could it, be a fourteen point swing. It's it's inches, it's plays that that make the difference in the charge. And that was not a great right. call, by the way. We said that on the air in the moment. You know, we're like, look, yeah. that's not a great call. That's yeah, he yeah. grabbed Mike's shoulder and then Mike grabbed his shirt, but that's that's a no call. You know, that's, that's a no call. There were people saying, Oh, it should have been offensive pass interference. No, it's probably just a no call. No. You know, he put his hand right, on okay. Mike, Mike put his hand on him, but whatever, you know, guess what? It was PI because PI was called and that's what it was. So uh, you take advantage of your opportunities. You know, they could have stalled the drive right there. It's not like it was, you know, on the 10, you still had 35 yards to go. So, it, you know, that's, it's not like the Browns, you know, that the chargers were gifted a touchdown. They had to still go get it. Of course. The defense did not have it on, on Sunday, but I, so w when I'm watching the game, I'm like, you're almost kind of like sorting your thoughts. Like what's going to be the story of the game when Darwin James has 14 tackles in the first half of a football game, I, I'm racking my brain. I'm like, has anybody ever done this? When was the last time somebody did this? It was London Fletcher 15 years ago. I mean, if Darwin doesn't make those plays, first of all, you don't want Darwin making 17 tackles. That's, in a that's what game. we said. We said you cannot have your safety making 14 tackles. That lets you know that your defense is having a bad day. Now, look, thank goodness he's making those tackles, but that's a bad stat. For, that's a bad team stat. It's a it's great a Darwin stat. stat. It's a bad team stat. 
if if he doesn't make those tackles though like you said like that game could have got out of hand i mean we're starting to see this this derwin james all pro from 2018 he had that pick to to seal the raiders game and really kind of putting the team on his back in that first half money being able to make those tackles at the second and third level when the running game was clearly uh hurting the chargers i mean what a performance out of him but you have to figure out a way to where he's not doing that against baltimore yeah you know the and the interesting thing too is just kind of going back to what Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield were saying about that final drive, like the Chargers had no pass rush. They, they were not able to generate much pressure whatsoever on Baker Mayfield. And, and a lot of it, I'm sure, is because, and this goes back to what Staley said about the physical aspect of the run game and what it can do and, and how it can change the way a defense is playing defense. You know, I, I think the reason why they didn't have much pass rush is because the run game was so effective. So they're on their heels. You know, they're they're much more hesitant to try to put their, you know, pin their ears back and get upfield when they're worried about minding their gaps and making a tackle. So Nick Chubb isn't rushing for 10 yards per carry. So um, they, you know, Durham was the only one that got pressure and it darn near led to a turnover, a huge turnover. You know, when he got that strip sack of Baker, unfortunately, the Browns were able to fall on it. But, you know, it just speaks to what what Brandon Staley was saying, that this guy's playing five positions. You know, he was their best pass rusher in that game he was their best tackler in that game the only thing I wanted to see out of Derwin and and I'm hopeful if we ever get into that position again and it's nothing against Aloe Gilman or Nas Adderley but if there's a Hail Mary situation I don't want Derwin James in the box I don't want him in the middle of the field I want him on that wall I need him on that wall I want him in the end zone in that scrum instead of Michael Davis Aloe Gilman and Nas Adderley again nothing against them I just prefer to see Derwin back there as opposed to those three guys. That's just the implicit trust. I think that everybody that has been around Derwin James has in him, that he will make the play to ensure the game is won and not lost. Yeah. Staley says he has five positions on defense. Make that a sixth, right? <laughs> put yeah, it, put exactly. it back, put it back, Get back there. Get <laughs> make back sure there. he, he seals the game. Hey, hey we push this forward to, to Baltimore, uh, it's just kind of ironic. You have two young quarterbacks, career high passing yards coming off fantastic finishes. Uh, Lamar Jackson, man, I, we saw him in 2018, in that wild card game. Yeah, twice. twice. Yeah, absolutely. Saw him twice. To, to see what, what he's kind of become. And I, I don't know if it's a product of all right, Gus Edwards and Dobbins get hurt early in the year. So we have to change a little bit. Uh, but he has evolved as a quarterback. There's no question about it. He's the most dangerous guy on the field running the football, and he he proved that he could kill you in the pocket. Yeah, it was incredible. You know, DJ and I were doing the uh, Monday Night Football broadcast for the UK, so we watched every second of that game, and he had a terrible first half. Um, you know, missed a touchdown pass, fumbled in the red zone for a turnover, and, you know, talk about not just the physical tools, but the mental toughness to overcome that you know, to go down 22 to three, knowing that you're a big reason why, you know, that turnover was huge. It was a backbreaker. Uh, it should have stayed a touchdown. Apparently the, the, the referees need a class in physics. So they understand momentum versus trajectory. Um, they ended up cashing it in for a touchdown anyway, but um, to shake that off and to have the most passing yards in his career 
And he had more passing yards in the second half than he had ever had in any game in his career. That's how big of a performance it was. And it seemingly every single pass was pinpoint and exactly where it needed to be. Um, I thought the Chiefs didn't play. I thought the the Colts did not play great defense. I thought they allowed a, a lot of those, yeah. you know, a lot of busted coverages and missed assignments. But still, that's the thing about Lamar is he can extend those plays and he's got the strength to push that ball downfield uh, and ended up making some beautiful throws. And look, it was a, it was a great, it was a well-called game. Um, and again, that goes back to what we were talking about with the defense against the Browns. And I hope it's not a repeat performance. The Ravens are so good at running the ball that defenses have a tough time, you know, trusting that they should get upfield. The other thing about the, the you know, the Ravens that, that presents a unique challenge is you can't afford to get too far upfield. So, you know, so many of those pass rushes where you're beating your guy on the outside and you're swooping around the back and you're kind of backdooring the quarterback to, to drag him down, you can't do that. You have no. got to stay in front of Lamar Jackson. So that's – it's it's a tough assignment, man. I feel bad for the defense to have to, to, to go into this week after last week and say, well, you can't really get after him too hard because if you get too far upfield, it's over. If it, You know, Joey Bosa said it best. If the first guy misses – you're in trouble. And so you have to be mindful. Um, and man, the tackling's just got to be better. It was not a good tackling game for the Chargers last week against the, the Browns. It better be a really good tackling week or man, Lamar Jackson can make it a long afternoon. Yeah, you got to tackle Mark Andrews. And, and DJ did our film room this week with uh, Lamar Jackson and, and Marquise Brown and just the, the big plays that they've been able to generate down the field. And I mean, if, if you don't check Marquise Brown, and if you don't tackle Mark Andrews and if you don't account for Lamar Jackson running right. the football, I mean, this is just, this is different than the Browns. I mean, the Browns have the best running attack in football. Isn't it ironic though, that the Ravens snapped their streak after that, that, that Denver game where, where exactly where Vic, Vic wasn't exactly. too thrilled about. And it's yeah. poetic justice, you know, cause they should not have been able to extend the streak. Um, and yeah, but they'll take it considering where they were right down, down in the, the second half, 22 to three, it does not look good. They get all the breaks with the missed kicks with Blankenship and, you know, a blocked kick and a missed kick and, you know, okay, fine. The football gods are trying to tell us something, take your streak and stick it. We're going to give you the win here, but you're, you're going to be tied with the Steelers. You're your most bitter rival. Uh, for likely all of eternity because no one is going to be running for 100 yards in a game in this passing league for 43 consecutive contests ever again. The Ravens were the only team because of that unique uh, player they have in Lamar Jackson that is able to pile up yards on the ground. The one thing about the Ravens, though, that I will say, um, and I know their tackles were out, but they have the best interior line in football due the Browns, uh, and that changes things a lot. I think the defense can get after this offensive line. I, I most definitely think they can get after this offensive line. So, you know, I'm hoping that that's, you know, a little bit less of an impediment than the Browns front was um, even without wills and kind of what they had to deal with, with their tackles throughout that. Buddy, we got a great show ahead. Adam Archuleta going to join us. He's going to be on the call with Greg Gumbel for Ravens chargers, but first we'll get this week's opposing view from Jason Lockenfora insider for the NFL today, but also based in Baltimore. Jason has a unique perspective. Obviously, you see him on CBS. He's also a Baltimore guy. Uh, you hear him on 105.7 The Fan. Jason, what are the Ravens saying about the Chargers coming to town? 
lot of respect for what the Chargers are doing. I mean, the offense is obviously otherworldly. I mean, Justin Herbert against Lamar Jackson, people are incredibly fired up about that. Um, there's a lot of respect and, and frankly, a lot of concern from Ravens fans because uh, the Ravens defense is struggling. And uh, you look at what, what some quarterbacks who um, are good, but maybe not Justin Herbert have already done to them um, for periods of games or points in time. And uh, it could pretend uh, Lamar Jackson having to score into the forties to maybe win this game, which again, could be aesthetically pleasing and a lot of fun, but there's, there's definitely concerns about how this defense is going to hold up. Um, and, and then likewise, you know, there's questions being asked of um, how the chargers are going to get stops on the other end. So uh, these two teams, I think have a similar mojo going on right now. Yeah. I think uh, safe to say out there, Jason, it will not be a steady diet of nothing. Instead, there's going to be a lot no. of fireworks out on that yeah. field. What were you thinking at halftime? watching that football game and kind of how the offense was operating, how Lamar was operating, and then to have the the script flipped and, and yeah. see what you saw over the final 30 minutes. Well, I mean, one thing is you don't really ever count Lamar out, but the, the, the I figured they'd get it going on offense um, because they are evolving and they're not what they used to be when they, this, they are a completely different operation than the one that faced the chargers in the playoffs and, you know, in, in, in the end of the 2018 season, they're, they're what they did 18, 19 and 20 offensively is out the window. Now um, it's now all about a downfield passing game and Lamar airing it out and leading the lead in yards per completion. Um, you know, you got a guy like Hollywood Brown in, in the top 10 in receiving yards and, and yards per uh, completion. And, you look at average depth of target for their tight end, Mark Andrews, and it's it's up there with the Kelsey's and the Wallers. That's that's who they are now. That's who they have to be because they can't run the ball. So at halftime and then watching that game develop, you, at some point I'm like, they're gonna get they're gonna get heated up on offense, but can they get any stops on defense? You know, and 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 where are they coming from? Where's the pressure coming from? Um, Carson Wentz, that's the, the best game he's played in forever. I mean. He, he, he had thrown nothing but passes the tight ends and running backs all year. And now he's got six different wide receivers active. So, um, yeah, you just don't count this kid out. And the one thing about the Ravens is all of the games they played this year have been pretty crazy. I mean, week one against the Raiders, that was bonkers. And Carr comes back with 37 seconds and no touchdowns. And it goes to overtime. And Anthony Averett interception in the end zone. And, I mean, that was crazy. The Chiefs game was pretty crazy. They had no right beating Detroit. I mean, they got an extra two seconds to run yeah. a play. They completed a fourth and 19. Justin Tucker makes a 66 yard field goal. All that happens within 90 seconds of real time. Um, you know, that was bonkers. Uh, and then obviously this Colts comeback was bonkers. The Denver game was kind of mundane, but people around here have come to expect bizarre stuff. And we know the chargers. Uh, oh, yeah, don't we know that. Play. They're, they don't usually play normal scripted. Oh, we saw that coming games. The stuff tends to happen. Jason, the, the Ravens have had to adjust to it with those crazy injuries at the beginning of the year to, you know, you, you lose Dobbins and you lose Gus Edwards in what ways is losing those guys a product of how they're playing now? Or did you kind of see that Lamar was going to be doing more of this, even with Dobbins and, and Edwards in the backfield? Well, it's really eliminated a few things. It's eliminated option football, really, for them. When they mess around with that mesh point and that target point, Lamar will put it in your gut and run with you for two or three paces and maybe pull it back. 
that comfort level's not there with Le'Veon Bell, with Devontae Freeman, with Latavius Murray. Those guys weren't around here all offseason practicing that stuff. They, they all popped up on the scene in the last few weeks. And with them also developing and wanting to develop this new identity and drafting Rashad Bateman, who will make his debut, their first round pick, the receiver out of Minnesota this week. And with them bringing in a Sammy Watkins, who probably won't play, but um, and then the receivers they've drafted in recent years with, with them feeling like they had ascendant talent on that side of the ball, they did spend the whole off season about reinventing the passing game, figuring the run stuff still there. Well, now the run stuff's not there, and they need Lamar to throw 40 times a game, so they don't want him running 15 to 18. And it's, it's also not just the running back, guys. It's a completely different offensive line. I mean, when Lamar's winning an MVP in 2019, you got an all-pro left tackle, an all-pro right tackle, on Ronnie Stanley and Orlando Brown. They're not. Orlando's in Kansas City, and Ronnie Stanley's probably not playing again this season. So um, they don't have that. It's a, it's a makeshift offensive line. Um, they don't, they don't, they're not getting the same kind of power out of that unit that they have in the past. So there's a lot of factors that have sort of worked towards this point where they, you know, they're now throwing on first down as much as anybody in the league the last three weeks. That is first. That's, I mean, if you want to talk about the difference, they're no longer in the top five in um, a percentage of your offensive plays that are rushing plays. And they're now throwing on first down more than anybody yeah. in the league the last three weeks. That ain't who they were. Yeah, in terms of, of who they are defensively, you, you alluded to it a little bit there, Jason. When you go through the tackle numbers, you know, you got Patrick Queen at the top, and then after that, it's corner, safety, safety, corner. You look at sack numbers, you got corners, you got safeties. You got, yes. Kind of walk sweet. us through what's, what's going on defensively with this bunch and, and if there's an issue or if that's just, look, they've always been a blitz you know, heavy package. So you do see a lot of those tackles and a lot of those numbers from defensive backs. Yeah. I mean, some of it is Wink Martindale, the D coordinator and the scheme being the star. Um, but look, I mean, Patrick Queen is struggling in coverage. He's among the league leaders. I think the only, I think Daniel Sorensen of the chiefs is the only player in the league who has more missed tackles. Um, he's being lit up in coverage. Malik Harrison, who they took in the third round the same year they took Queen in the first round. His playing time's being cut. Um, I don't think you see much of him in this game as much as the Chargers want to throw the ball. They cannot cover screens and running backs in the screen game whatsoever. I, I can't imagine that Mr. Eckler <laughs> isn't in line for double-digit targets until they show they can stop it. Calais Campbell's been the, their best performer in the front seven by far. He's 36 years old. He's playing way more snaps than anybody thought he would because the cast around him like Justin Matabike hasn't really stepped up and given them what they want. Derek Wolf's been hurt all year. Um, the, they went from a, a team, like if you would have talked to me in August, I said they got way more running backs than they need. They're incredibly deep at the D-line. And now they have no running backs and they're not very deep on the D-line. Yeah. Uh, they have quality defensive backs, but you're right. A lot of times to get pressure, Wink has to activate those guys on the blitz. And obviously – if they're coming at the line of scrimmage, they're not doing a whole lot in terms of pass, uh, pass coverage. So uh, Adafi Owe has been um, a, a consistent he's contributor awesome. off the head. Yeah. I mean, he's a freakish talent, a unique kid can set the edge is showing up and making some splash plays. He's got a knack for turnovers, but outside of that, the, the linebackers not really, not really producing a whole lot. So yeah, I think they're in a little bit of trouble defensively. And I, I, there's only so much scheming you can do uh, 
They could really use Mac Judon right now, uh, but he's in New England. Jason, I'll ask you to put your your insider hat on for a second with respect to the Chargers and Brandon Staley and just the first five games of this season. And, you know, I, I it seems to me, you know, Money and I have seen Brandon Staley and his pressers from the beginning in January and we're impressed. He had a 95 minute introductory press conference, but uh, he's impressed a lot of people, I think, around the league. Oh, yeah. No, um, incredibly well thought out, incredibly mature. Um, cerebral. Uh, I think he's one of these. Uh, I think football is moving a little bit like baseball in terms of some of the expectations of managers and the ability to meld the new school and the old school and to, you know, have that scouts mentality and have that old school evaluator mentality and know how to relate to those guys, but also be able to speak the language of, the kids from MIT and Stanford or whatever, who are increasingly becoming a part of these front offices and infusing it with numerical based ideas and what modern analytics would say about preparing your team in this situation and that situation and trends and tendencies and game management. I mean, and then what, what he can do um, schematically and I'm super impressed. I think he's a rock star in the making. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of becomes the defensive version of a Sean McVay. Like that really wouldn't shock me. Last thing for me, uh, Jason, we were, we were talking about it before we started the the pod, you know, and, and I look, I don't mean it to be an insult to the chargers, but you looked at the early season schedule and it was like, man, if you can get to the bye at three and three, you're feeling pretty good about the yeah. way the back end lines up. It was a gnarly start for the Chargers. So to be at four and one, have a chance at five and one, my goodness, um, considering what's ahead of them. For the Ravens, expectations are a little bit different, but just kind of where where do you feel like expectations are? You mentioned the offensive line. There's a lot of moving parts on this team that, that, that have changed. Um, is four and one a surprise? Is it a disappointment because of the way they lost that one? Uh, like wh- yeah. where are the, the, and that's yeah. the last one for me, like where are the Ravens at? Well, I think if you look at their schedule too, I mean, they, they've only played two home games. Um, they faced a Raiders team that at least early in the season, the offense was humming. I mean, I think the Raiders are in a, a world of hurt right now for yeah. reasons football and otherwise um, the chiefs were their bugaboo. They couldn't get by the chiefs. Um, they managed to do that at home. Um, and look, Denver, Detroit weren't pretty, weren't sexy, but they they did enough to win um, and, and sort of likewise with the Colts. So do people think they're playing with house money a little bit? Yeah. Do they think that um, as they continue to face the elite quarterbacks in this league or even just some of the elite offenses, they haven't played Cleveland yet. They obviously have you guys coming in this week. Will they get exposed a little bit defensively? Absolutely. Um, there's concern about that. Uh And I think a lot of people here also haven't gotten their heads around the fact that like everything you thought you knew about Lamar Jackson, John Harbaugh football is out the window from an offensive standpoint. So I think some people are having trouble like believing that this is real, but with what this kid number eight's doing is, is pretty real. And between him and Justin Tucker, you've got a chance to do something crazy to win a game. If you just hang around. And I think the defense, I'll be interested to see the defensive calibration because does Wink back off a little bit? Do they become a little bit more of a coverage team just to kind of force you to or give them too many big plays, force you to earn it a little bit more um, to kind of just, just, just give Lamar a fighting chance, give Tucker a fighting chance 
and maybe they do something crazy at the end of the game to make us win. I, I don't know that the defense is where it needs to be for them to go into January and win three games and get to a Super Bowl. Um, but for who they've been in recent years, which is a team that gets in the dance and you look at them and say they've got as good a shot as anybody, I think that's still who they are in a different way. I think they'll get to where they got the last few years differently. Do they take it a step or two further? I think that depends on what gains they can and can't make on defense. Jason, really quickly, what do you think is going to decide this one, man? What what a game on CBS, yeah. too, by the way, right? Two of yes. four-one teams, maybe the two best quarterbacks in football right now. It's pretty amazing. I, I really feel like it's a cliche, but whoever has the ball last is probably going to win this thing. Yeah. Um, I, I just I really feel like that's the way it's setting up. Both these quarterbacks have no fear. Um, the nothing's too big for them. They don't really get rattled. Um, they, they both have playmakers they can trust. Um, and I think both these defenses are going to have issues keeping pace. And I, I really do kind of feel like one of these kids is going to have the ball in his hands in less than a minute, and maybe a timeout, maybe no timeouts. And they're going to go down there and do what they have to do to win the game. Jason Lacanfora, really appreciate the time, man. I, I I love I love the fact that you can kind of hit us at both angles here, the, the local angle and the national angle. We got a oh, treat yeah. on Sunday. Doubled up. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, gentlemen. Enjoy the game. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, guys. All right, guys, before we get to Adam Archuleta, I want to tell you about picks for Popeyes. Now, check this out. Every Chargers game this season, when the Chargers defense gets an interception, you want to show your game recap email to your local Popeyes, you get a free chicken sandwich with the purchase of a chicken sandwich at regular menu price. Hopefully the Chargers get an interception or two in Baltimore. Also, Pepsi, they're passing out the ultimate Chargers fan experience only at 7-Eleven. Rush in, scan the code to enter for a chance to win some awesome prizes. You want to bolt up with Pepsi. No purchase necessary. Must be 18 years or older. Sponsor is PepsiCo. For official rules, visit boltupla.com slash 7-Eleven. All right, my name is Brigham on Adam Archuleta. He's going to be in the booth with Greg Gumbel, A.J. Ross on the sidelines. And Adam, when you saw you were assigned to this one, what was your first reaction? Two four one teams, two of the best quarterbacks in football. Yeah, so when I – we find out – this time of year, we find out about two weeks before the game. And uh, when I saw this one, we were just coming off the, the Baltimore-Detroit game, and I thought, oh, this could be actually a pretty good one. This could be a great matchup. And it, I didn't realize that in the next two weeks, both of these teams would be so hot. And so when I when I actually looked at the TV lineup, I said, holy, how, how did we <laughs> possibly get this game? <laughs> because I think it's it's one of the top games uh, of the weekend. And so, um, but look, I've done a lot of bad football games. And so I, I think go. it's you nice it. that the, yeah, I, I feel like I've earned it and, <laughs> and I'm excited for it. And, you know, it'll be a lot of fun. As someone that uh, that knows, you know, what Derwin should be doing out there or what safeties and linebackers should be doing out there. What, what can you share with the people listening and watching um, about Derwin, about what he does that, that separates him from so many that play the position? Well, number one, the, the thing that stands out is just his physical, the tools that, that, that he has, his natural gifts, just his size, his length, his speed, and, and really not just that, but just the way he moves. Um, he has superior football instincts. 
And so he thrives in almost any part of the field. I, you know, obviously I think he's uh, really, really excels and in, in super impactful, you know, close to the line of scrimmage and blitzing and that kind of stuff. But for a guy that's that big and, and matched up with wide receivers in the slot, uh, you just don't see that very often. And when I, when I watch him on tape, for some reason, I keep wanting to compare him to Sean Taylor in a way wow. because I played with Sean and Sean was a guy that just had that size and the length and the toughness and can move and just do all that stuff. And, and they're, they're similar in a lot of ways. I mean, they're different, but that's kind of, I just keep seeing that same player just in the way he moves out there, I think is really impressive and, and really stands out. Adam, when it comes to, um, you know, facing quarterbacks and, and look, we have a special, this might be the number one and number two favorite for the MVP as it stands right now through, through yeah. five weeks, they're both considerably different than each other. And obviously anybody that plays against Lamar is going to be considerably different than Lamar. But from your, from your perspective, if you're on the field, is one tougher to defend than the other? You know, a guy that can make seemingly every throw, no matter what's happening or how he's covered versus just the, the you know, how dynamic Lamar Jackson is. So that's a good question. And uh, somebody asked me this. Uh, I, I played against Vic a lot. Uh, and so I have experience with that style of quarterback. It's a totally a different era of football. Um, I personally, I would rather play against the, the pure thrower than I would the guy that, that can run and do the open field stuff that Lamar does. And, and simply because at least when you're facing Herbert or another high end throwing quarterback, most of the concepts are the same and your coverages are the same and your keys and your reads are the same. Now you have to kind of decipher what they're specifically doing, but you're, you're still, you know, your, your body of knowledge and your instincts are still there. When you play a guy like Jackson, because of what they do in the running game and how they use them and how they formation it and just all the misdirection, it really throws you off because now you're so concerned because it's one-on-one -on -one football and it takes you out of your natural element. And so that's why you see the Ravens get their tight ends and their receivers. They get them open so much it was because you're thinking you always have, oh, what's my responsibility if he runs? What do I have to do if they do this? And it just takes you out of your game. And then instead of being aggressive and confident in reading your keys, what ends up happening a lot of time you become reactive. And if you become reactive, then you really don't have a chance. So uh, I would, you know, any great quarterback is tough to play against, but I certainly would, would rather go against the pure thrower. Adam, what's impressed you when you study the Chargers? They're four and one. They've won in different ways, right? They kind of gutted out against Washington. Uh, they have to kind of go to, toe for toe. They get four turnovers against the Chiefs. They're, they're up early on the Raiders. The defense was lights out. And then we, we saw what Brandon Staley called a track meet last Sunday to win in different ways, especially early in the season with a new coach, new offensive schemes. Um, how impressive is that? Well, I think it's, it's really impressive. Look, every team in the beginning part of the season is trying to find themselves, even the Ravens, you know, they, they, you know, they have been what they have been, but they've had to adapt and adjust because of their injuries and they're not the same team as they were in the beginning of the season. So I think for the Chargers, they're kind of going through the same thing. You know, who are we? What do we have here? You know, what are we good at? And, and I think we've seen that, that, that evolution and that progression. I think they're playing with a lot of confidence. Uh, what I see about the Chargers offense is, you know, number one, Herbert is supremely talented. We know that. 
he's just a great decision maker. And so he knows where to go with the ball. He's never frazzled. He knows when to throw it away. He knows when to rush. He knows when I see this coverage, I'm going to this receiver. He's just a really good decision maker. The other thing I see is in their offense, they have three players that are that can be devastating one-on-one in a tough matchup. You've got Allen, who is really tough to cover for his reasons, and, you know, his releases, his route running, his ability to separate and get open, um, as good as there is. And then now Mike Williams, who is a beast in a one-on-one matchup for his own reasons, you know, his physicality off the line, his ability to play the ball in the air and, and get that separation deep and, and, and win those contested catches. So you've got those two elements. And then you've got Eckler, who, again, now you've got that matchup um, in the passing game. So, you know, you saw it last week happen. I think it was on one of the third downs. They went to double Keenan Allen. Um, and then maybe it wasn't a third down. It, yeah, it was a third down. They went to double Allen. And then they were able to hit Williams on the post behind. Right. So they, they have guys that you have to figure out how do we want to play them. And then you have a quarterback who could spot it and then go to the appropriate matchup. And, and when that's all working together, it's really hard to stop. Last thing for me, Adam, and we uh, appreciate the time. Looking forward to seeing you out there in, in Baltimore. The fourth downs are interesting um, because it's not just confidence for your side of the ball and your offense, but if you could share with us, what does that do to a defense when you think you've made a stop and you're walking off the field on fourth and two and the charges are at their own 24 and then all of a sudden you got to reset and get back out there and try to make a play. Well, I think it, it's, it, it starts with changing your mindset. You know, certainly when I played, the fourth downs weren't as prevalent and all the analytics stuff weren't as prevalent as it is today. And so I think defensive players now understand that this is part of it, right? And so we're just going to have to play more. You know, there's more four downs to play. And so I don't think it's as shocking as it was maybe 10 years ago. Um, when you look at the, the, the chargers, the reason why they go for it is the reasons why I mentioned in my previous answer is because you have a great decision maker and you've got three players that can win 80% of their one-on-one matchups. And so you should, or you can have the advantage for going for it on fourth down. Now I still can't believe they did it last week on the, yeah. the what the 24 hours i mean that to yeah. me yeah and that moment again i i don't remember it was they, they i think they were down 13 or 14 points they're down 14 which to me i mean that is that's a gutsy one i mean i just i can't wait to talk to coach about that one i'm sure you guys have um but look it's just part of the game and you know that uh, as a defensive player the rules everything favors the offense you're gonna have to play more plays you're gonna have to make more stops and when you play a team like the chargers everything's on the table Adam, something tells me you may be seeing a fourth down conversion attempt or two on Sunday <laughs> afternoon or six in Baltimore. Well, we're, we're so excited about the game, man. We're, we're thrilled that you're on the call and uh, we look forward to seeing you Baltimore, man. Thank you for your time. Well, I look forward to it too. I, I, I hope this one shapes up the way that we think it will. So um, I'll, I guess I'll see you guys on Sunday. All right. Appreciate it. Adam. Thank you. All right, buddy. Good to hear from Jason. Good to hear from Adam. I will leave it with you. Your, your keys to the game for Sunday. Well, you know, I, I, I don't know if I agree with Jason that it's going to be the, the last man standing, you know, who ends up with the ball last. I, you know, again, I'm going to put on those powder blue shaded glasses, and I just I really feel like this offense is going to be able to get after that defense. Um, 
that, you know, look, Joey's got experience with, with Lamar Jackson. A lot of guys on this team have some experience with Lamar Jackson, Derwin James. They both, you know, look, remember Chen and Owosu was one of the best players in that game in 2018. Yes. It's a much different offense. He ended it. He ended, he ended it. it. Yeah. Chenna ended it. So I feel like they know the, the challenges that Lamar presents and they had a Gus designed a brilliant game plan to slow him down, you know, with those seven defensive backs, the heck with dime. Uh, they were going seven defensive backs. Now with the injury to Drew Tranquil, I don't know if we're going to see something similar from Staley, but um, I just, I really feel like this Chargers offense is going to have themselves a day. So key is, you know, come up with a couple big stops. Like we saw the Colts come up with against the Ravens, cash those things in for touchdowns and force them I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just a jerk. I just, I can't buy it yet, man. I, I cannot, as good as he's been, as great as he's been, I just, I want to see it with my own too. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to Patrick Mahomes this. I'll, uh, I'll see it when I, <laughs> you I'll see it when, it when I, I believe it. it. There you go. I want to make sure I got it right it. when Patrick got it wrong. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll see it when I believe it. And I don't believe it yet. So maybe I won't see it in Baltimore that Lamar is going to be throwing that thing all over the yard outside the numbers and gashing defenses for 400 yards passing. One of the things that struck me that Jason said, though, is um, Austin Eckler could see double digit targets. I think it's uh, his day. I totally think it's an Austin Eckler game. And I think maybe it's no coincidence that DJ also spotlighted uh, he spotlighted uh, Austin Eckler on film room this week. Uh, Yeah, he's been on a tear four straight games with over 100 total yards we know Keenan and Mike can get involved at a moment's notice but if Austin has the day that we think he could have that may be the deciding factor no question yeah Yeah. no question I I I hate saying I feel good but I I do feel good about this one and I hate saying that I really do I usually go in with it you know what? I'm sick of the I'm I'm sick of the you know what if they're three and three if they're four or two get greedy right get to five five and and one. one Get to five yeah. and one with wins against the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Browns, and exactly. the Ravens. I exactly. mean, that would be that would be incredible going into the bye, coming out with New England and um, at home, you know, at home on Halloween. You know? Like it's gonna be Chris is gonna have his face painted on the sideline. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> it's gonna be yeah. That's come come just for that. Come there you just go. for that exactly. on Halloween. Come for Chris's costume on Halloween. <laughs> uh I can't wait for Sunday, man. All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, a big thanks to Jason Lacanfora, Adam Archuleta for joining us. Be sure to download and subscribe to the Chargers Podcast Network wherever you listen to podcasts. If you listen in your car on Apple CarPlay, cool, but YouTube, the official Chargers app, you can find full video episodes. Have a great weekend. Enjoy Sunday. For Matt Money Smith, I'm Chris Harris.